I usually don't give disclaimers, but sometimes I do before I preach. But so we can just shut the enemy up real quick. Can we do that? It is never my intention to offend. It is always my intention to educate. Somebody say, the truth will set me free. Amen. Some of y'all going to get a whole bunch of questions after this sermon. Mark chapter 12, starting at the 35th verse, reading down to the 44th verse. And Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make your enemy your footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord, and whence is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. And he said unto them in his doctrine, beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplace. And the chief and the chief seats in the synagogues in the uppermost rooms at the feasts, which devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and behold, how people cast in money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow. She threw in two mites, which make a father. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast in more than all that have, which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even of her living. I'm going to teach from the subject, small investment, great return. I said I'm going to teach from the subject, small investment, great return. I'm going to preach, it's all I got. You may be seated. last couple of weeks we looked at how the religious people of Jesus' day came and confronted Jesus with a series of questions and interrogations. We looked at the Herodians and the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, which all meant to trap Jesus in their sayings. But Jesus, being the master teacher that he is, answered correctly and wisely. Amen? And now the tables have turned. 
And Jesus is now teaching in the temple. And the Bible says that Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. David there himself called him Lord, and whence is he then his son? And the common people, catch that, the common people heard him gladly. Now, this is the point I want to make. This is a quote from one of the most quoted Messianic Psalms in the book of Psalms. Psalms 110, which was read by uh, Brother Sean this morning. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send a rod of strength out of Zion to rule in the midst of your enemies. This psalm is quoted no less than 33 times in New Testament scripture. 33 times. Is this reference made to Psalms 110? Now, we're not going to get into numerology, but 33 is the year that Jesus finished his ministry. 33 times this is quoted. The Lord said to my Lord, David prophetically revealed words of Yahweh. Now, I need you to understand this. Yahweh, the Lord, to the the Messiah, David's Lord. This is clear, not from the contents, but especially by how this verse is quoted in the New Testament. The first verse of this psalm is one of the Old Testament verse, is one of the most Old Testament quoted verses in the New Testament. Jesus quotes it in Matthew chapter 22, verses 43 through 45, showing how David called the Messiah Lord. Recognizing that the Messiah was greater than David. Now that's important because in that time of a monarch, King David, there was no one higher than the king. No position higher than the king. So for David to call somebody else Lord was to put somebody over the king. Follow me. Peter also quoted it on Pentecost, explaining how David prophesied the deity and the ascension of Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, verse 34 through 35, Paul referred to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 25, explaining the rule and the dominion of Jesus the Messiah. The author of Hebrews quoted it in Hebrews 1.13, referring to the superiority of Jesus the Messiah over any angel. And the author of Hebrews also referred to it in Hebrews 10.13, explaining the rule and the dominion of Jesus the Messiah. How condescending on Jehovah's part to permit a mortal to hear and a human pen to record his secret conversation with his co-equal son. The Lord said to my Lord. So when you see the Lord said to my Lord, what he's saying is, my God, Yahweh said to my Lord, Adonai. Catch it. The Lord Yahweh is the Lord over all. The Lord Adonai is supreme and his rule. 
So what this is showing us is the Trinity of the Holy Spirit and God all in one. Because it said that David by the Holy Spirit was only able to say, the Lord said to my Lord. Did y'all catch it? So now we see this and he's wondering how could David call anybody else Lord seeing that he was his son because the Jews understood the promise that, the, that God had made that out of the line and the lineage of King David, the seed and the throne would never end. So they were waiting for the seed of David to come and Jesus came through the line of the seed of David. Y'all better help me. He, he also lets us know that to sit on my right hand, that his work is done, that he may sit, it is well done, that he may sit at the right hand, the position of power. It will have grand results, and he may therefore quietly wait to see complete victory, which is certain to follow. The footstool represents the vessels to be put in the highest place, and his foot would mean the same thing that it was penned in Joshua, where he told him that he would give him the land that every place that your foot would tread upon, I have given you. But it was also told to Joshua that when they would conquer a nation, they were to put their foot on the neck of their enemies. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm going somewhere. See, uh, the only point I want you to get out of this is that we should be comforted as God's people and confident that we too are seated in Christ in heavenly places. That's what Ephesians tells us. And that our victory has already been won by Christ. So whatever you're going through at this current moment, you don't have to worry about it because y'all uh, no, not going to help me. That, that's why we've been called not to worry or to be concerned about the trials that we go through if we are able to just sit and see the salvation of... Um, I ain't got nobody in here that understands what I'm trying to tell you. That when you understand that the finished work of Christ is done, we all we have to do is walk over what Christ has already given us. That we too are in line. So when whatever is seated in Christ, as we are seated in him, I have access to whatever my God rests in. The reason why you don't have what God said you could have is because you can't sit your behind still long enough to see the victory be I'm not gonna say nothing. So you get worried, and worried makes you move in a direction that God told you to never move in in the first place. Somebody say, sit still. The only thing we got to do is put our feet on the necks of that which is trying to put its foot on our necks. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. When you put your foot on the neck of an enemy, it takes the oxygen, oh my God, so that the body might be moving, but the head ain't talking. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. See, I, I need the enemy to shut up in my life because I need to hear what God is saying and not what the enemy is trying to say. Stop listening to your enemy enemy when you're supposed to have your foot on the neck of your enemy. We ain't supposed to run from our enemy. We ain't supposed to fret of our enemy. The Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So that's why I walk boldly and confident. 
Even when I'm going through something, even when the devil is trying to throw darts at me, because let me go ahead and throw this at you. If you're not under attack, it's because you're not anointed. Because the only time attack comes is at the anointing. And if the bullets are going over your head, that's because the enemy ain't got nothing to take from you. But I'm trying to talk to people who know that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So he said, listen, you don't have to worry about it. He's seated. Sit here until I make your enemies your footstool. That is awesome that he told Jesus to sit down. His father said, I got this. I ain't going to say nothing. He, he told his son, sit down. I got this. Let me just go ahead and put this here. It just dropped out of heaven. Fathers, you need to be able to be so strong and fortified in the spirit that when the enemy comes after your child, you say, uh, you sit right here. Daddy got this. The devil. So he says, just sit. Okay, we we there. We almost there. We got a couple more points. We about done. And and so then he said, he said to them in his doctrine, doctrine is teaching. So I gotta teach you. Doctrine is teaching. I just want to sandwich it in between the preaching. I preach and I now slow it down, bring it down. Let's, 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 let's talk about it. He said in his teaching, beware of the scribes. Would you love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces and chief seats in the synagogue and uppermost rooms and the feasts which devour widows' houses for pretense make long prayers? These shall receive greater, not condemnation, damnation. Because there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Condemnation is when you feel condemned because of what you did. But Jesus already died for what I did because he died for my sins over 2,000 years ago and I wasn't here 2,000 years ago. So condemnation don't apply to those that are in Christ. But damnation, those who don't have the seal, y'all better help me. So, so what we see, and I love, I love Jesus. Now, I'm about to mess with you. I love Jesus because here he go, once again, pulling the cover off of false religious leaders and their behavior. Uh-oh. When God says, beware in scripture, you best beware. It is an intense warning that you must look out for. Somebody say that means it's important. If Jesus said beware, it means it's important. And the first thing he said you need to be aware of is that you need to be aware of these religious leaders who love, oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. They like to dress like they're important. Beware the scribes that go out in long clothes. Y'all knew something was up when I came in here with all this on. Those that knew me said, he, this is an illustrated sermon day. 
is the only reason he got that on today. Now, some of you said, when you saw me look like this, that boy about to preach today. God got to say something. If that was you, just repent. Give you two seconds of repent time. Now you won't be offended. Do you know these robes cost about four, five hundred dollars? Like four, five. You could probably get it. You know, I had some people buy me some stuff. You know, now they got them. They got them in the clearance rack. But you could probably get something like a hundred. You know, you know, pre-used or whatever. But you know, if you gonna get a good robe, I mean, a decked-out robe like this robe right here. I think my mom was there. I think it was my, was my nursery sermon. Maybe somebody. No, she can't. Yeah, I think one of them. No, I think it was a Christmas gift or something. But I know this is like five hundred, six hundred dollar robe. So I love you, Mom. I love everybody that donated and gave. But I'm about to break some bubbles over here. First, first of all, first of all, it's hot and it's expensive, and it ain't got no anointing on it. So I'm gonna take this off right now because I'm burning. But religious people like to look important. So you, you know, if I had the Pope hat, I would have put that on. It came out too. That stuff is too hot. You go to these services and they all coming out looking like, you know, you know, let's march and they got the cane and they doing all this stuff. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's straight up ridiculous because first of all, we black and we ain't got money like that. So, you know, you got to take out loans to get robes. And, and now, you know, I, I hope he called me to preach while I got this heavy stuff on. It's heavy and it's hot. I don't like being hot. I don't like being hot. The anointing is not in that robe. Yeah, yeah. Jesus never wore a robe. So why do we start wearing them? Jesus ain't wearing no robe. But he always cussed out them people with them robes on. That came in there looking like they was something. Now, and I know. Oh, I'm going to get you in a minute. All right. So he said, look, watch them. They like to wear. That's what he said. I ain't saying. They like to go about in long clothing. But the long clothing, let me really hit it that they were talking about with these Jewish Pharisees and Sadducees was really this prayer shawl. Oh, shoot. It was really this prayer shawl. And what they would do and to show how important it was, the longer the tassels, the longer the robe, right, was the more important. You see them walking down, well, you have no act like you don't know. You see the rabbis, right? And you're like, oh, shoot. Now, I ain't getting on the Jews. They do what they do. I'm talking about us, right? Because the, the, the impression it gives is if I got this on, I have a deeper relationship with God. Because, oh, my God, I got this. Matter of fact, I don't even know why. But I think I brought it because it looked nice. It just looked. I just like the colors. It kind of make you. And then I, no, let me be honest. I saw other people with it, and I wanted one, too. Because I'm a pastor. I need a prayer shawl. Ain't no anointing in that either. Not a piece of anointing is in that. I'm going to tell you why. Jesus said, Jesus said when he said, how do we pray? Jesus didn't say, first of all, y'all go get your prayer shawls. And I'm going to show y'all how to pray. He said, this is how you should pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What? 
That's how he told me. He told him get no prayer, y'all. Tell him nothing. Let me tell you something. When Jesus died on the cross, he became our prayer, y'all. He don't hear my prayers anymore with me with this on or off. If you like being hot, put it on. But you ain't going to no third heaven just because you got this on. Matter of fact, this is now on sale for $20 if you want it. I done wore it. I put I dripped some anointing oil on it. It's got my, if you wear it, you might get sermon or something. But there's nothing in that. Matter of fact, I think Christ looks down from heaven and sees people in that. It says they must not be reading the scripture. So he says, okay, they love to go and long. They, you got to watch them because they like to dress like they're important. But not only that, you got to watch them because they like to sit in places of status. I remember, I remember we were speaking like, you know, we got, we got, Pastor so and so, we got evangelist so and so, we got bishop so and so, and then you know they start moving people off the front line or whatever, and then they come and they say, you know that you know what, a, a a true man or woman of God will sit in the back of the church. Now I understand it's just we just trying to respect. That's all good and fine. If you trying to the leader says come up to the front, that's all good and fine. But if you come in here and demand to be sitting on the front row because you have some title, or because you want to look important, you know how you know, you know how we name drop. It's the same thing in the hood, but it's the same thing in the church. Like I know so and so. Oh, I was with so and so. Like that's really gonna get you somewhere. The devil is alive. He said, watch these jokers. Cause they 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 love salutations in the marketplaces. How you doing? Oh, bless you. You know, you know, respect, and then you're looking important. Not only that, he said they like to sit in the chief places in the synagogues and eat in the upper rooms. They, in other words, they like to eat with the upper echelons. But but when let me let me just drop this. Seats represent places of authority. Right? You ever been in the churches? Where the church, where the seats on the altar look like big, they look like, like King Henry Savage here. I mean, crazy, crazy, ridiculous, big furniture. And you better not sit in it either. Don't you come sit? Don't don't sit in that chair. Lord help us. They got that chair from hotel liquidators. <laughs> Y'all better help, Pastor. It's comical when you think about it. it. It really is comical. The stuff we do. And I remember listening to Bishop Jones and he said pretty soon we done ran out of so many titles to give. It ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be shortly somebody black in the black church gonna be calling himself Pope. Bishop Pope elect. You you can't you can't just be minister. You gotta be minister and then you gotta be bishop elect. And elect love the elect. If you don't sit your behind down somewhere, anyway, and but but that that's just that may seem comical, but it's funny. So save yourself. 
Watch it. Just watch the show. And that's why people don't come to church. All the theatrics. Because you got on all this stuff. And all this draped out stuff. But they know how you living. And when all that anointing with that prayer shawl. And you ain't praying for yourself. Ain't it funny how God can talk to you about other people. But don't talk to you about you. Ooh. But that's 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 not the, that's not the killer. Here's here's what really here's what really is. It says they make long prayers for pretense. So it was like they be praying, but they have one eye open. They want they want people to see them praying. Now don't get this messed up with the time of prayer, right? Because we can't. We already saw that Jesus prayed for an hour. And everybody went to sleep on him. So, all right, let me just throw this in. I'm going to put this. This is a teaching moment, right? If they fell asleep on Jesus that prayed for an hour, please don't get up here and pray for an hour. We fall asleep. If Jesus couldn't keep them up, <laughs> just pray for the service. I don't want you praying for the grass and the clouds. That's on your own time. Pray for the service. Pastor Green taught us pray for the service because if you pray too long and the prayer becomes a sermon, you ain't praying no more for quite a while. If I ask you to read a scripture, don't pick out the longest. Don't read 119 Psalm, all 150 verses. When you can't read a chapter in your own house. Sound funny, but it ain't. And I know the kids are saying, ah, I want to say amen. I'm going to get the kids permission to say amen. Preach, pastor, because ain't none of these other people going to say it. <laughs> so they make long prayers for pretense. They want to be seen. You don't want to. You, your, your prayer closet is your prayer closet. There's a such thing as corporate prayer, but these these religious leaders were making long prayers because they wanted to be seen as super religious people, super spiritual people, because common people honor super spiritual people because it's just the right thing to do. But listen to what really, as I get ready to close, almost, this is my first close, I got four more to go. So the first close is this. This is the worst indictment. What they do to widows. It says that they devour widows' houses. Now, now, the Bible says in James chapter 127, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So women who lost their hus husbands, that's what a widow, widow is, women who lost their husband for a variety of reasons such as the dangers of travel, disease, war, or a host of other things. In those days, there was no government assistance 
for the widows. Right? There was no snap. Wasn't getting no check. So they often had to turn up either begging or prostitution. Follow me. Therefore, the church gave great attention to this neglected class. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul instructs the church on how to care for widows. But this doesn't just apply to widows. It applies to single moms, divorcees, trafficking victims, and anybody else that has desperate need. Why? Because those who are in desperate situations are prey to those who would take advantage of them. Uh-oh. So the leaders would take advantage of these vulnerable women by stripping them of their living. They would go and they would pretend to cover them, to pretend to, I got you, and give them assistance. But in order for that assistance to happen, the widow would sign over the deeds of her property and all the rights. So what would happen is when the widow would die, or then the all the estate would then go to the priest. And the children would be left to fend for themselves. So they would strip them. They see widows and, and, and divorcees and single moms and, and older women, they are most vulnerable to Ponzi schemes. And, you know, you know, they, you know, the internet, the social media, you know about it, Facebook, they set up accounts and people say, you be looking at Dr. Phil and this lady done sent over half a million dollars to somebody she never saw. You understand? How? Uh, send me that money. I'll let you see my face. But anyway, I'm just saying, you know, they, they will take advantage of these people and, and that's why, ladies, ladies, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. That's why you need a covering. Oh my God, it's so quiet. Now, 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 let me help you. It doesn't mean you need a man. It doesn't mean you need to go out and be. But, but when you become part of the body of Christ, God has uh, uh, sanctioned me as your pastor to be your covering. I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach right now. You'll hear my mother testify on how that now her son is her covering. You understand that there's a balance, that there's certain things that can't come in because a man is covering. I'm talking about a godly man. That's that's why, sisters, I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to go ahead and give God praise for your first lady. Go ahead and give God praise for your first lady. Stop being selfish. You're going to understand in a minute. The reason I say that is because I, I not only have to cover her, but she has to trust enough to know that there are needs in the congregation that I'll have to look out for. Like if somebody try to come and, and take advantage of Sister Michelle, and if she has enough sense, she'll call up and be like, Pastor, you know, what's going on? And we have the three-way conversation, and she won't make decisions on her own because she has a covering. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Y'all not going to say nothing. But some of you sisters don't understand that. And so you get taken advantage of because you have a, a nurturing inside of you that wants to just give and wants to just do. And people will take advantage of you. That's why we tell the young people when you come in here, that's why you see the, the women that did not follow the instruction of the house 
are in trouble right now with dudes. They y'all not gonna say nothing. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing because we tell you, sister, if you're gonna date or you think you're ready for dating, what you need to do is come and say, Pastor, I met somebody, you know what? And I need you to can we come down and sit and talk and this is so and so. Now, you know what? I met somebody. Is he saved? I don't know. I think he go to church. Oh, the, the devil is alive. But because you don't want to hear no and you so hot in the pants and he's so fine you don't want to bring him here but then you want to come in after you're pregnant yeah or after we get married and he ain't saved but you ain't you operating outside of your covering oh and that goes for fathers, too. And, yeah, you got a daddy. Or I brought him to my daddy. Or daddy need to have enough sense to say, okay, I seen him, but we need to bring him to pastor. Because you grown, then you handle grown issues. When you got a covering. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me. Y'all not going to help me. I ain't going to help me. So so watch this. So so that's what they was doing. Somebody said, I got a covering. Don't y'all act like y'all just out there wilding and ain't got no covering. Like, like, like they, they said in the old days, we taught you better than that. Raised you better than that. This house raised you better than that. And that's why you get surprised. And yeah, we're human and we're going to fall. It's okay to be human and fall. But it's not okay to be human and stupid. Not when you already have the tools to use and just decide not to use them. So let's close this. I, I, I didn't forget. I, Pastor, you said this is great. <laughs> Small investment, great return. Well, here it is. We come to the part of the scripture where we see the greatest offering in biblical history. This is the greatest offering service ever. So look what it says. I'm going to close. We, look, we can out here a good time. And uh, I got about 20 minutes to preach. You ready? You ready, Christian? Let's test. Well, there we go. All right. And Jesus sat over against the treasury. And he watched how people put their money in the treasury. I'm going to stop right there. That's what we're going to start doing. Jesus done gave us the blueprint. We need to have people sitting and watching. Oh, that's not funny, but Jesus was watching. Okay. Okay. And he knew what was in their pocket. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, did you pay your tithes this week? Did, Jesus knows what's in your pocket. Okay. I ain't messing with y'all. And he said there were many rich that cast in much, but there comes this poor widow. We just talked about the widow. Right? Here comes this poor widow, and she threw in two mites that make a farling. Now, let me tell you what this is. The Gospel of Mark specifies the two mites 
together are worth a quadrant. It is the smallest Roman coin, right? A lepton was the smallest and least valuable coin in circulation in Judah, worth about six minutes of an average daily wage. So what this woman put in wasn't even a full day's wage. But what she did put in was all she had. Y'all missed it. See, we get caught up on the Bill Gates and the, 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 the ones that, the Rockefellers, and we say, look at how great, would, how great would it be to be able to give a million dollars? But a million dollars to Bill Gates is like ten dollars. He hasn't even touched principle. Y'all better help me. So a lot of times, yeah, you get and and now I'm gonna help you because you you, you got to watch some. They got some seminars out there. They'll tell you, even unsaved people give abundantly, but they give with the wrong motive. They give for tax purposes because they know on the back end it's gonna work in their favor. See, 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 see. So they get with the wrong heart. This woman, all she had, she gave all her living in this offering. Oh, my God. God looks at the heart, not the amount. Some, some of us got the wrong heart about giving. Oh, my God. Yeah, you got $100, you give 10 or I got I made a hundred, I'm a paid tithes, I'm giving ten, but you won't give an offering. You give what's required. I knew it was gonna be quiet, but I don't care. Because this woman gave a small investment but got a great return. You want a great return, but you ain't giving nothing. And it's not about how much you give, it's about how you give. She gave all she had because she realized that all she had, oh, I'm a preacher now, came from him who has all. When you don't know that all you have belongs to him anyway, then you hold on to it with a tight fist. And that's why you can't get nothing back. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I'm not preaching to broke people. I'm broken. To, I'm preaching to rich people right now. I'm preaching to people who know that I don't have a lot to give, but this is all I have. Y'all better help me. It, it may not be as much as you got, but it's all I got. And sometimes all you got is a praise. Sometimes all you got is a hallelujah. Sometimes all you got is a thank you, Jesus. Sometimes all you got is a wave of a hand. Sometimes all you got... 
Y'all not going to say nothing, but you got to move from just having a hand praise and to being able to go in and pull out something. Because what God has given, he's blessed us more than y'all better help me. You can't say that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And you walking around here with a tight fist. You can't be talking about overflow when you got to stop train and nothing can't get out. You can't be talking about Lord bless me bless me so I can be a blessing because if you don't give off a ten you ain't giving off a hundred you ain't giving off a thousand you ain't giving off a million God can't trust you with more than enough somebody say it's all I got I'm going to give them all I got. And when Jesus saw the offering of this young lady, y'all better help me. It helped him remember what he was doing. When God gave all he had, he didn't hold back. He gave us his only son. He gave all of heaven up just so he can come and get a great return. And we won't even tell him thank you. We won't even bless him in the morning. We won't even... He gave us all his blood. And then he said, I give you the inheritance of heaven. All that I own, I give it to you. I hold your healing. I hold your health. I hold you. It is me that gives you power to get wealth. How dare you hold on with a tight fist when it comes to giving. You need to look for an opportunity to give. Heard somebody say, well, I, I, when I was testifying about how I tip, because I'm a crazy tipper, because I know that God is tipping me like crazy. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I don't look for nothing back, but I got favor wherever I go. When I go in a place, I look for who can I bless. Y'all not going to say nothing. When I go to the green, I go with a pocket waiting to see who I'm going to bless. Y'all not going to say nothing. I'm trying to get it to drip down from the top. I'm not rich. I ain't got a million dollars. But what I got, I freely give. Because I know if it had not been, but for the grace of God, I'd be in a crack house somewhere. I'd be laid out drunk somewhere. I'd be in somebody's jail somewhere. I be six feet under the ground. How dare you walk around here like God ain't never did nothing for you. You got to give it back to him. That requires him to, let me, I'm going to close. I know y'all ready to go. But that's what gives, oh, y'all better help me up in here. That's what lets God go ahead, heaven, and give you that insurance plan. See, you pay into insurance all the time. And then when it's time for you to go ahead and pull from the insurance, you got to go through all this hoopla to go ahead and get a claim in. God said, not with heaven. I got some insurance. Y'all better help me. Because God said, I cover what I give. Y'all better help me. 
be up in here. So when anything goes wrong, that's why he says, if you tired, he'll go ahead and open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for his name's sake. Why? That's the insurance plan. So when something breaks down, I ain't got to worry about it. I go to heaven. He going to fix it. Yeah, yeah. Jesus going to fix it. If something in my body break down, I'm covered. If my money start rolling, I'm covered. Kids acting crazy, I'm covered. I dare you to tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm covered. I'm covered. And the only copay I got to pay is a praise. I got a copay that says if I praise him, he'll go ahead and bless me. I got to give up my copay because God said he's going to bless the work of my hands. Hallelujah. All I got. It all belongs to him. And that's what he's coming back for, his church. Without spot or wrinkle. All his children. We all got victory. God knows what you came into this earth with. Stop taking asset of your liabilities. And start counting up your what you have. Stop, stop worrying about what you lost. Jesus, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Stop thinking about, because if you lost it, it means you didn't lose it. It means God removed it. Uh, uh, we, we don't lose stuff. <laughs> Y'all better, if God wanted you to have it, it'd still be there. If it's gone, that means you ain't need it. Ooh, learn the lesson from what you didn't need. So that when he give you what you want, you won't mess it up treating it like what you... When I'm now that when I look at you see it, you're looking at them stocks and they start dipping, they start going down. People panic. Oh, it's going down. I gotta sell it. Get rid of it. Go ahead, put nope, don't sell it. Uh -uh. Let it stay right there. Because on the dip, everybody else gonna buy it. And when everybody else buy it on the dip, y'all better help me. Y'all better help me. Y'all see, I'm trying to tell you, don't get crazy when stuff start looking like it's going down in your life. Because everybody else going to buy what you ain't buying. <laughs> and it's going to bring your stock up. Because you ain't biting what everybody else biting. You already been there, done that. Now it's my turn to get a return on what I love. Y'all better help me. What that? What thought it could bring me down. It only pulled me down so I could go up higher. I'm not going any lower than where I've been. Because I've already been on the bottom. I know what that feel like. I don't need that no more. I know what being treated bad feel like. I know what being depressed feel like. I know what wanting to commit suicide feel like. I don't need that no more. I need joy. The Bible said, the joy I got, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. So I bless him in the good and the ugly. Well, because when it looks ugly, I know it's about to look good. Because I serve a God who makes all things beautiful in his time. 
Hallelujah. That's why I was just waiting when God would deliver me from crack and I was able to go ahead and get my little Ford Contour. I kept that joker clean like it was a Bentley. Shined it up, riding around, people looking at me. Ah, he in a Ford. So what? God is good. He delivered me from the bus to a Ford. Uh-huh. And then God said, take that Ford and trade it in because you've been faithful. He brought me from the Ford to the Galat. I'm trying to help you. He said, boy, you've been faithful. Crashed it into a deer. Don't worry about it. Drive up in that infinity dealer. Trade it in. Give me your money. Drive out with the infinity. God is faithful. And I continue to be faithful. Treated the Ford like the Galat. Treat the Galat like the infinity. Then he put that Mercedes and they crashed that up. But I came out without a job. Better help me up in here because I got heaven's insurance on my life and God said yeah they wrecked your car but they didn't wreck your spirit and you're still giving go ahead I got something waiting for you and he pushed me in that beamer don't get it man at the player hate the game And that was all before we even started a church. Because I said, they ain't going to say, Pastor Robin, the church. That's why I still work a 40-hour shift and some. Y'all better help me up in there. Because I ain't going to rape the widows or the church. We ain't raising no offering. If you don't give, it's okay. I got a God who gives me more than I can ask or Drip, 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 drip. As for me and my house, as for me and my church, as for me and next level, we shall serve the Lord and see the good in the land. Y'all better help me. I feel my anointing. I feel help up in here. The Holy Spirit wants to move and break something over your life. Shake off that stingy spirit. Demons are stingy. Demons are stingy. But I rebuke every stingy demon and cast it out of this house. And I speak prosperity up in this place. I'm going to close, but I need to say this. Every person in your life that ever did you dirty, shout for them. Because until they do right, you better not lose no sleep. I'm still living. I'm still driving. I'm still working. I still got joy. I still got peace. I'm not going to let anybody crazy in my life rob me of my best life, y'all. Uh-uh. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to give you that power. The devil is a lie. 
I'm going to serve God. You go ahead. You did me dirty, but because you did me dirty, God's going to clean me up. You're going to look and you're going to hate the fact that you let this go out of your life when God has blessed gave two cents and got put in a book of history I don't know what you gave but somebody about to make history hallelujah we bless God we bless him we bless him we bless him You got a right to praise him. The devil tried to take you out, but you won. Depression tried to kill you, but you won. You got a lot to be happy for. You too, Sister Sean, you got a lot to praise him for. I know the devil thought he could do you dirty, but the devil is a liar. You connected. You connected. You connected. thinking it was you. It wasn't you. Some people just can't handle a blessing. Y'all <laughs> better help me. Well, 
Amen. That was my fourth close. I'm done now. Amen. Close four times. Don't never hold back on God because he never held back on you. You never know these times that we're in. Amen. I pray that we were blessed. I know that God has spoken to us. Amen. If there's anybody that does not know the Lord as their personal Savior, we want to give you an opportunity to give your all to him now. Amen. You may be watching TV through the airways if you don't know him. All you have to do is say this prayer. Father, I am a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died and rose for my sins. And I ask that he would come into my life and live his life through me. I thank you, God, for saving me. I thank you, God, for taking me from out of the hands of the enemy and now placing me in your family. Now lead me to a Bible-believing church where I can be taught how to walk this new way of living. And I will give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We welcome you to the family of God. You reach out the number, the Facebook. We'd love to be in contact with you, um, cover you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, bless us as we leave this place, but not your presence. Cover those who will be traveling. Give them safe traveling mercies. Father, and all the things that are going on throughout these days, the young people and everything that is going on, bless their get-together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Grace and peace.